It ran again under rain that thundered on the Lincoln's roof. Petrie chewed Tums from the accessories bag that Shepard carried for him, while Shepard leaned across the Lincoln's rear compartment from his jump seat and passed executive summary pages to his boss. The lights of the Suburbans ahead and behind flashed in through the Lincoln's windows, so Shepard's drawn features turned from paste white to pale blue and back to white six times every second. Jet lag, a peanut gut bomb, and cheap scotch were already making Arthur ache from his brain to his ass. The disco show made it worse. He squeezed his eyes closed. Shepard said, The instant wisdom was that it was Boston Marathon copycat, sir. Secretary Petrie opened his eyes, then unwrapped a granola bar from Shepard's bag. The instant wisdom was wrong. Shepard nodded. In the first place, there was only one casualty. Petrie chuckled. <laughs> the average terrorist too stupid to plan a good crap. Shepard shook his head. Actually, the inference the response team's drawing from the casualty is this incident wasn't terrorism, sir. And the bombers weren't stupid. The secretary wrinkled his brow. 5,000-person foot race event. Bomb so big it blows a car sky high. Defiles a goddamn American landmark. How's that not terrorism? Shepard rubbed his gimp hand with his good one. The bomb wasn't actually that big. Not even a bomb, really. Explosively formed penetrator and placed under the bridge deck. Sort of a cannon shot up into the car's belly. Neither we nor our correspondent foreign intelligence services saw the spike in terrorist community chatter that usually precedes an attack. And none of the usual suspects, foreign or domestic, have claimed responsibility. Besides, the casualty doesn't seem random. The secretary raised his eyebrows at that last. Oh? Manuel Calibri. Who? I'd barely heard of him myself, but everybody's heard of Cardinal Systems. Apparently, he deflects the spotlight onto the people in his organization who do good work. But he's, was, the CEO. The secretary's eyebrows rose higher. I missed a 61 Chateau Latour because somebody whacked a one percenter? Maybe. I mean, the thing still seems like terrorism. We're hitting it hard like it is, sir. Yes, if it hadn't been for the storm, there could have been more casualties. But not massive losses. The bomb was planted a half mile from the crowd. If the idea was to kill and maim people, the same explosives could have been planted in a backpack full of nails near the start line. And the race start wasn't until fifty minutes after the detonation. So the north end of the bridge was nearly empty when the device was set off. Set off how? Remote transmission. Basically, dialing a number on a cell phone. Shepard rubbed his hand again and stared at the rain. So simple a twelve-year-old Iraqi can do it. So foreign nationals were involved. Shepard shook his head. Only if you count Kenyans. What? Between the rain and the power outage, there's no useful imagery from the traffic and surveillance cameras on the bridge. The only significant eyewitness evidence we've got so far comes from a Kenyan distance runner who was warming up out on the bridge when the storm hit. He was sixty yards away from the bomb when it blew. He saw something. He saw there was nobody in Colibri's car but the driver. He saw, beside the traffic lane, what he describes as a heavy man. To a Kenyan, that could be anybody who weighs over one-forty. The man was wearing a ski mask and jogging clothes. When the device detonated, this man was running back toward the crowd at the starting line, but looking over his shoulder.
He apparently got lost in the panic after the explosion. There was a foot race. He was wearing jogging clothes. It was cold. He was wearing a ski mask. There was an explosion. He ran the other way. What's suspicious? The Kenyan said that as the guy ran, he threw something the size of a phone over the side of the bridge. Petrie's jaw dropped so far that he drooled granola crumbs. We found it? Shepard shook his head again. The storm chased the police boats and helicopters that would have been below and above the race. We can't even find the car. Speaking of which, if the sun ever shines again, the water under the Golden Gate turns out to be 300 feet deep and the currents pump two million cubic feet of water under the bridge every second. So there's no telling where what's left of the car or of Calibri ended up, Mr. Secretary. Petrie drummed his fingers on his armrest as his convoy blew past snarled California traffic. Mr. Secretary, he liked the sound of it even better than he had liked.